Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the Greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. Our show is a great way to expand your village and fill your parental toolbox with as many resources as possible. I'm Genevieve Kyle. I'm your host here on Parent Talk, as well as On les parents parle, which is our new French edition. I'm 42-year-old, and I'm a mom of two boys, Alexandre, who is two and a half, and Nathan, who is almost one. Today, we're talking about car seat safety. So let's go around the table and let's introduce ourselves. Hi everyone, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am 41 years old. I have a son named Hudson. He is just over two years old and a beautiful new baby girl, Madeline. Hi everyone. My name is Holly Choi. I am the co-owner of Safe Beginnings First Aid and I'm also a child passenger safety technician. I am the mom to a daughter who has just turned two and I am also pregnant with my second child. Fantastic. Well, thank you for being here, ladies. Let's dive in into today's subject right away. Why is car seat safety is so important, Holly? A lot of people don't realize car seat safety is so important, mainly because the leading cause of unintentional injury and death for children between the ages of 1 and 14 is from motor vehicle collisions, which is really astounding. How should I select a car seat? Well, the general recommendation is we should select car seats that fit our budget, but also fit our child properly and fit our vehicle properly, which is often one of the main hurdles. And for you, Heather, what have you done when you bought a car seat? Like? For me, I definitely went online and looked at lots and lots of reviews. So different blogs and different ratings that were out there and did a lot of research that way. I realized that there are standard safety features that car seats need to meet a certain level, but also some car seats that, you know, are a little more expensive have a more solid frame and have more side impact um, cushion areas and different features that I was like, if we can afford to have a car seat that has more features, I definitely want to go that route. Um, Once I kind of accumulated all my kind of research online and I kind of in my mind had a car seat that I thought was the one we were probably going to go with and I um, went to the store and decided to let them kind of see where they were going to guide me and they actually recommended um, the one that I had in mind so we ended up going with the Britex Boulevard click tight it had great ratings Um, it also fit well in our car that was really obviously important we were able to take the car seat and try it in our car to make sure it fit properly Um, We liked that it was a convertible car seat. So um, as we were going to be moving our son into it, he was at the time only three months old. So we were moving out of the bucket seat a little earlier than most people do. Um, So we wanted to make sure that we could take it from his young age up to, you know, almost a booster. I know there's still another level past that. Um, But yeah, so it kind of had everything that we were looking for. And it was very, very sturdy. And we were kind of happy with that. And it because of the click tight Um, their little trademark way of installing it into the car it was um, it felt more foolproof like we weren't going to make as many there wasn't as many mistakes that could be made in the actual installation 
of like using the different anchors and tethers and all those different things. So I was, I heard lots of good things about the installation technique that was involved with it. So mm-hmm. that's the one we went with. When we went and buy our car seat, um, I have actually talked with Heather and a few friends and I have, we have took the time to, um, review a lot of car seats and look online and then I went to the store but because I have a smaller car so I tried a lot of car seat because I want to put it behind the passenger seat and I wanted to have the space that it's supposed to be there and I'm aware that probably the first thing someone's going to do when they sit in my car they're going to back up right they're going to and they're not going to respect the little space that it's supposed to be there so trying it for us was very important and uh yeah so and i'm gonna have holy checking my car seat tonight when we're done (laughs) happily to do yes to make sure my car seat is installed properly so my next question for you holly is um, what are your tips on selecting a car seat well i have lots of tips in terms of this i find that one of the main things that parents really look for is not so much the features of the seats but a lot of parents are just looking at the fabrics So they get really persuaded by ones that look really cute in the car or, you know, match their vehicle interior, but that's really not what we need to be looking at. Um, There's quite a few things to look at. The first is we need to make sure if we've got a compact vehicle that we've got something that's actually going to fit. So like you were saying, making sure we're trying not to lose that passenger seat if we don't need to. And a lot of people don't realize that there are seats that are awesome on the market and some of them even do have cute fabrics. But we need to find ones that will work for our vehicle and not all car seats fit in all vehicles. Um, So I find that that's a huge struggle for parents is figuring out what will work. And another huge consideration is, are you or your partner tall? Because if your partner's really tall, it can limit where you're going to be able to install in the vehicle. And sometimes it does mean at the end of the day, if you have a compact vehicle, that you may actually just have to lose that passenger seat for a little bit. The other things that I find that are really overwhelming for people is looking at the different features on the seats. So a lot of seats have additional features. So like Heather was saying, in terms of side impact protection, or in some cases, what we have is an anti-rebound bar, which protects against you know a child leaning forward into the vehicle seat in the event of a really um, horrible collision. So there's added safety protections, um, but then there's also convenience features. A lot of car seats, so like yours, Heather, the, the Britax click tight seats have what we call a no rethread harness. And that means I don't have to uninstall the car seat and take the harness out of the holes that it was in and rethread it into the new slots to adjust the height. And that means that we're going to have parents that are more likely to use their car seat properly and make those adjustments at the right time versus leaving them because it's not a convenient thing to do and it means they're going to have to crawl around in their car to make that adjustment. So that's a huge thing that really, quite frankly, in my opinion, is worth paying for if you can afford it. Um, But at the end of the day, you really just need to weigh the pros and cons of the seat. Is it something that fits my budget but still has the features I want? Um, And does it fit my child properly? And I do find that it is really overwhelming. My main advice is please try to connect with someone in your community that's a child passenger safety technician. Find out if they have any recommendations for the vehicle that you own. And then from there, go with your little shortlist to the store and see, okay, 
Do they have the seat that I'm looking at? And if so, will they let me try it in my vehicle? Trying it in your vehicle is the main thing you really need to do because a lot of people don't realize when they look at a car seat in the store how big it is when you actually get it installed at the correct angle. And I think specifically when we're looking at the rear facing, it takes much, much, much more room. Absolutely. Yeah. And that leads me to my next question. Um, is it safe to buy a used car seat? Well, the answer can be yes. It usually is no, but it really depends on who you're getting it from. There's a lot of questions that you need to ask. And really what it boils down to is, do you trust the person that you're buying the car seat from with your child's life? And I know that might seem drastic, but car seats are almost like motorcycle helmets. You know, we don't know the history of it. If it's been dropped on the ground, if it's been checked on an airplane, there's lots of situations where the interior can be damaged, but the outside might look totally fine. Another thing that's a huge concern is how it's been cleaned. Sometimes if the cover on a car seat has been cleaned and it's been put through a washing machine and it wasn't advised to do so in the car seat's manual, sometimes it can actually wash away some of the flame retardants on the cover, which means that we don't have those same protections if we are in a collision. So it's really important to know the questions to ask, but also do I trust that the person's giving me the correct information? The other thing is that a lot of people don't realize car seats expire, and it's so important to check that those expiries haven't happened yet for that car seat, but not just the expiry if there's been any recalls. And recalls are super common with car seats, and it's very rare that it would be something where you can't use that car seat at all. It's usually more along the lines of, you know, we're going to send you a new chest clip or we'll send you a new buckle. But if there has been a recall, you have to make sure that that's been rectified. Or if not, if you are going to purchase the seat, you need to contact the manufacturer and get those extra parts so that you know that your seat is now in a usable condition that's going to be safe for your child. And the other one that I find, which is super common, especially in the greater Vancouver area, is that we have a lot of people that will go down for a quick trip down to the United States and buy a car seat. But if a car seat doesn't have a little maple leaf sticker on the side, it's not actually legal to use in Canada. And a lot of people will buy one on vacation, bring it home, sell it on Craigslist, and it's really common to get a used seat that doesn't actually meet the Canadian motor vehicle safety standards. And what happened if I go down to the States and I buy a car seat like that? What happened if I have an accident? Well, while it's probably still an okay seat physically, it doesn't meet our standards. And what it means to you more likely is that if you were to get pulled over by a police officer, it is something that isn't safe or necessarily not safe, but legal to use in Canada. So the likelihood is you would either receive a ticket or have the seat confiscated and you'd have to find another way to get a car seat for your child, which again, is an inconvenience. And at the end of the day, just a big waste of money. And once you have an accident with your car seat, so I believe this car seat cannot be used again, right? What happens if we do keep it and keep using it? Well, there's lots of general recommendations around this. The first is if you do have an accident, we appreciate if you can replace the car seat to do so. But there's the difference between a major crash and a minor crash. A lot of manufacturers have what's called minor crash criteria, meaning if it was just a little bump in the parking lot or, you know, something that was really, really small and you don't think it would infect the seat, 
it's still best to check with the manufacturer by giving them a phone call because some of them will recommend that you replace the seat and some of them will say, you know what, as long as the airbags didn't deploy or no one was injured, then it should be okay. But every manufacturer has different rules around that. And I think that's the reason why it's very important if you buy a used car seat, you might not know all those details. Isn't it true that here in British Columbia that ICBC covers for a new car seat? They do, yes, if you go through your insurance. And sometimes they're a little bit better than other times. Um, But you can always go to the manufacturer and say, hey, can you get me a letter or something that says, based on your criteria, I should replace it if you ever need backup. And ICBC is generally quite good about that. Hmm. And where is the safest place to install my car seat? That's a great question. I get this question all the time, and I find that a lot of people feel that it's going to be the side because that's where we have those latch anchors to clip our car seats into. The actual recommendation is if your vehicle allows it to install it in the middle of the back seat. And that's because it's like a safe little bubble. They've got room all around them. It's a great place to keep them safe, basically from any angle we get hit at. The problem is that you really also have to check your vehicle's manual and see if your vehicle has any weird specifications about where you can or can't install a car seat. There are some vehicles on the market that won't let you install a car seat in certain positions of the vehicle. And additionally, uh, one of the main things that I see happening wrong with the middle seat is that people will install in the middle seat and use the anchors, which isn't allowed in most vehicles based on the vehicle manual. Most middle seat installations would require a seat belt instead of the anchors. So it's not just one thing in terms of it's safest, but even if it is safest, am I installing it correctly? Mm. So what kind of installations problems are the most common? Well, what this really boils down to is I need everyone to read their manuals because every car seat is totally different and every vehicle is totally different. And you really need to cross-reference both those manuals and see, okay, is there anything here that I really need to be aware of before I even start? And that's the easiest way to not get frustrated when you're doing this. Um, I find, again, that a lot of people don't realize what's the, what are my options in the vehicle? Can I use the latch? Can I use the seatbelt? Should I use both? And the recommendation is that either are perfectly safe. You can use the seatbelt, you can use latch, and they're equally safe. But as long as you can get the car seat tight, that's what's important. So if one's going to give you a better installation over the other method, then we really should be going with the one that's going to give us the tighter installation. You only need to use one way to install your car seat. And this is a problem that I even made myself before I got certified, where I thought, hey, well, I've installed it with the anchors, but here's a page in my manual that says how to install it with a seatbelt. So that must just be step two. And I did both. And that's not advised. It's just one or the other, unless your car seat manual specifies otherwise. The other problems that I see all the time is, again, going back to the idea of if you or your partner are super tall in terms of where are your front driver and passenger seats. If your front driver or passenger seats are really far back and creating a lot of pressure against the child's car seat, that can cause, again, too much pressure and compromise the install. And in some cases, it can even impact the airbag system in the vehicle. 
So we really don't want to have seats touching the front seats, ideally. The recommendation is to be able to slide a piece of paper through. And as long as those seats can breathe independently, then we're not worried necessarily about that install. But that can make a huge um, installation factor in terms of whether we're going to have that be safe or not. The other one that I see wrong all the time is the angle. And you should always check the side of your seat or sometimes even in an infant seat on the base, they'll have an angle indicator. You need to make sure that you've got the angle correct for your car seat, especially when we're dealing with infants because infants typically under five or six months don't have airway control and they can't properly hold their own heads up. So if their head slumps forward in the car seat, it is possible for their airway to shut off. And a lot of parents don't realize when they're installing an infant seat that that angle really is the most important thing in terms of getting that install correct. Do you have to be strong? <laughs> We want to know the truth here. Oh, I saw my husband installing the car seat, right? So, do, okay. So do we have to be strong to install a car seat? Well, you know, I'm since no one can see me right now, I'll just say that I'm five feet tall. So... The answer is no, um, because I'm not a very big or a very strong person per se. Um, but realistically, it just boils down to we're looking for one thing. And wherever the car seat is attached in the vehicle, we just need to make sure that it's tight and ideally within one inch, no sliding movement side to side. So sometimes it can be trickier than others, and sometimes you do have to put a little weight into it. But we're not really ever trying to force a car seat into a vehicle. And realistically, it shouldn't be that hard. Sometimes getting it tight can be a bit difficult, but there's definitely tricks to doing that. And if you are struggling, that's where I really recommend connecting with a volunteer child passenger safety technician so that they can help you. Because trust me, if I'm five feet tall and I can do it, anyone should be able to do it. That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, What are the common mistakes that people do? Oh, there's hundreds, hundreds, but I'll, I'll highlight a few. Um, I do find that in general, a lot of people aren't making the correct adjustments at the right time. So as our children are growing, we need to make sure, are their shoulder straps at the right level? Is their headrest at the right level? Is the angle correct still for their weight? And there's so many changes and some seats have more changes than other and are more complicated, just to be honest. And you do need to make sure that you keep up to date on your manual, which is really hard to do when you've got a lot of stuff going on in your life. But it's, it's really important to make sure that you are following those adjustments and try to keep track of them in terms of what's the next one that's going to come up for me and what should I be watching for. Um, my main thing is that People are often following advice from people that aren't qualified to give that advice. And I see this a lot, especially if we've got moms that, you know, meet up, maybe go to a breastfeeding group and they see their friend and they say, hey, yeah, I just uh, had my car seat checked by a car seat technician. And she told me when I put my infant seat in the car, I should have the handle in the upright position. And so they assume that that is good car seat advice for every car seat. But you really need to make sure that you're reading your manual because every car seat's different. And some car seats, sure, the handle might be upright, but in some it might be in another position. And there's usually a really good reason for that. And it's usually based on how the car seat will react in a collision. So we don't want to make any assumptions just because our friend told us something, which is really important. 
The big one that I see most often though is aftermarket products. So those are products that didn't come with our car seat and every car seat manual on the market will tell you, please don't use stuff that didn't come with this car seat. It's really tempting because again, there's lots of cute stuff out there in the stores and it is on the market, but there actually is a huge warning on the Transport Canada website that says, please don't use this stuff and here's why. And the reason it's still in stores is just because lawmaking takes time and there's bigger fish to fry right now, to be honest. Um, But in terms of things like that, uh, for example, if we were to look at mirrors, a lot of people will use a mirror in their car seats or not in their car seat per se, but in their vehicle to look at their child when they're driving. The problem is that some of those mirrors aren't very well structured. And what happens in a collision is everything will fly towards the point of impact. So you know when you're driving and you've got a bag on your front seat and then you slam on the brakes and everything falls into the front footwell there. It's the same thing in a collision. If you have a frontal collision, everything's gonna fly towards the front of the car. And if you've got a mirror that's sitting right in front of your baby's face and it's not well made, it can actually break off and smack them in the face, which is super scary. But children are known to have all sorts of accidents and injuries happen from things like mirrors, also sippy cups, anything that can basically fly around in the back seat. So my recommendation is just, this is going to sound really silly, but if you can hit yourself in the face with it and it doesn't hurt, then it's okay to be in the back seat. I like, I like that. <laughs> but that's what I followed for my daughter. In terms of toys I would give her, don't give them hard toys to play with. Give them a little soft uh, stuffed toy. And that's something, again, that's not going to hit them in a, in a collision and injure them in, per se. So that's really, really important. So anything should be soft back there and just try to wait, stay away from stuff that's not regulated. At the end of the day, it's not crash tested with the seats and that's why the manufacturers are making those recommendations. Do you have any tip for the rear facing and forward facing car seat? Yes, I get asked this question a lot in terms of when am I supposed to rear face my child until or when can I safely forward face them? The law in Canada is pretty low. In terms of rear-facing, children have to be rear-facing until age one and until 22 pounds. But that doesn't mean that it's safe to forward-face them, per se, at age one and 22 pounds. The current recommendation is, at a minimum, try to rear-face your children until age two. And that's because at age two, children get ossification of their spinal column. So all of the bones in their head and neck and spine area properly harden, and that will give them a better chance of surviving a collision that is a frontal sort of whiplash collision that we would have as adults. So you're recommending to keep our children rear-facing longer then what's the Canadian recommendation or longer than a year please yeah at a minimum age two is really the best you can do and if your child still fits within their rear facing seat within the limits then you can keep going for longer and I've got a really tiny daughter she's like only 25 pounds and she's over two so she's really really small but she might rear face until she's six and uh, I mean the statistic is that it's all almost up to five times safer for them to do that. And that's because in a collision, their head, neck, and spine stay aligned and they're not getting that whiplash forward thrusting that we get when we're in a collision as adults. 
So in terms of other things with rear-facing seats, the main things that we look at are we're looking to see that the harness is sitting below the shoulder or at the shoulder. So imagine if you can picture in your mind that the harness looks like a backpack and it rounds their shoulder and goes behind versus when we're driving as adults, it comes from above our shoulder and across our body. So you always want to make sure that it's rounding the shoulder and going behind. The other is that there's no twists in the harness. There should never be any twisting in the harness. That's something that's really, really not great. Um, and also having the chest clip at the armpit is very important so that we have not only the chest clip on hard bone during a collision, but it also helps keep the straps on the appropriate areas of the body. The chest clips are actually designed to break in a collision, but it's just meant to position the harness again on those hard parts of the body so that we have that in the appropriate place during a collision. The harness needs to be snug, and I find this is where a lot of people get misinformation. The old recommendation used to be to put two fingers under the harness to test for tightness, and the current recommendation is something that we call the pinch test. If you don't know what the pinch test is, I really recommend looking that up on YouTube in terms of car seat pinch test. All that we're doing is we're trying to pinch any fold at the collarbone in the harness. And if we can pinch any part of the harness up, then it's too loose and we just need to tighten a little bit more until we can no longer do that. And you can absolutely over tighten a child in their car seat. And we don't want to do that either because in a lot of cases, especially if we have breastfeeding infants, we can pinch the nerves in their neck and then they're not very happy and they might not want to do that for us. Do you have tips on forward facing? Forward facing, again, ideally we're trying to outgrow the rear facing limits first of our car seat. Once we get to the forward facing stage, the main thing is that in Canada, we legally have to use the top tether. So there's this strap that comes from behind the car seat and attaches usually typically into your trunk area. And that prevents the child from going forward too much in a collision and it keeps them nice tight back in their car seat. So that again, helping prevent some of that whiplash type injury. Um, the main thing that's different there in terms of what I just talked about with the harness, when we were rear facing, I mentioned we want the harness to look kind of like a backpack and go around the shoulder. When we're forward facing, it is going to come instead from above. So like our seatbelts do when we're driving because we're forward facing. Um, and again, if you can wait until at least age two to forward face your children, that's the best. And then anything from there, again, at that point is really considered safe. But a lot of people don't realize you can safely forward face and harness most children now until five or six or seven years old, as long as, again, they're within the limits of their seat. And the reason we make that recommendation is because you're in control of their safety. So once we move them into that booster seat, now safety is in their hands in terms of the positioning and whether they can buckle themselves in or not. So when is a booster safe? Well, this is going back to the legal minimums. For a legal minimum, they have to be at least 40 pounds. And a lot of, quite frankly, two or three-year-olds fit that. But the thing is that they don't fit a booster properly. And really what a booster is designed for, a booster seat just lifts the child up so that the adult seatbelt sits across the strongest bones on their body. And so realistically, even if we've got a heavy 40-pound two-year-old, 
um, the seatbelt probably still isn't going to fit them properly. So it's not just, are they 40 pounds? It's, are they actually fitting the seatbelt properly now that we've got them in the booster? Is it on those strong bones in their body? Is it hitting in the right places? And again, are they mature enough? If you've got a child that won't sit still and sit straight, then that seatbelt's not going to stay on those bones and in a collision they won't be protected. But also we need to make sure, really, are they not going to unbuckle themselves? And sometimes that does take quite a few years to make sure that they're not going to do that on you. Um, I also find that a lot of people have a hard time choosing between what we call low back boosters or no back boosters and then high back boosters. If you don't have proper head support in your vehicle, then you need a high back booster. Everyone needs to have head support at least to the tops of their ears. So if you've got a weird seat bench in the back of your vehicle, you need to make sure that in those cases that you're getting a high back booster. So how long does a child need to stay in a booster seat for? See, this is one that I find a lot of parents struggle with because I actually don't really remember being in a booster seat when I was a child. And so for us, it's quite astounding because actually now it's up to a minimum of an age of nine, which you definitely would have remembered if that was the case for us. So it's either age nine and once they hit age nine, they also have to be at least four foot nine which is almost as tall as I am right now. Um, And quite frankly, I probably could use a booster seat. But what that boils down to is once they hit nine, they also have to be four foot nine. And if they're not, we want to keep them in the booster seat. Then the recommendation is that if they are outside of the booster seat at that point, we're keeping them in the back seat until at least age 12. And most of the visors in the front passenger seat will tell you that too. And that's there because, again, if those airbags go off in the front, they deploy at over 300 kilometers an hour, which is crazy fast. And we want to make sure that we're protecting their soft bones and they still do have quite fragile bodies at age 12. So it's really important anyone under 12 stays in the back seat just, again, to prevent any unnecessary injury in a collision. So with all this great information, so I want to make sure my car seat is well installed. So where can we find our local child passenger technicians, safety technicians? Well, I've actually written a little piece on the blog. So if you go over to parenttalk.ca, you can see the blog piece that I've written. Um, And there's some links in there. But if you're just wanting to quickly look something up, there's two websites that I recommend. Um, The first is CanadianCarSeatNetwork.com, which is Canada-wide. And that gives everyone a way to find a local child passenger safety technician to them that they can connect with. And again, book an appointment and, and meet up and get that installed properly. The other is if you are in the Vancouver area, there's a great Facebook group called Vancouver and Fraser Valley Car Seat Safety. And we currently have, I think, almost close to 11,000 members, which is crazy and really exciting that there's that many people who actually care so much about car seat safety. Um, But it's a great way to connect with especially the local Vancouver and Fraser Valley area car seat technicians. And also, if you just have a quick question that you just want to throw out in the middle of your day, it's a great place to just drop a question and have one of the many technicians in the area answer it for you. I am a member. (laughs) I'm part of that group. All right, Heather, I think it's time for a conversation card. 
Can you please pick one and read that to us? All right, ladies, here we go. So question of the day for a little conversation. What do children know more about than adults? Pushing buttons. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That would be my daughter. (laughs) I think it would be how to have fun. Yeah. um, Yeah, I would be, yeah, to basically, I would say they know more about being free and knowing how to kind of enjoy every day without that whole feeling judged like we put so much judgy stuff on ourselves there's so much more present and in the moment and yeah that's definitely what they know more about yeah definitely (laughs) awesome all right ladies thank you holly thank you for having me thank you thank you heather for being here i want to thank you for taking your time to contribute into other parents life For our listeners, the conversation continues on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can subscribe to this podcast on our website or on iTunes so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents by sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Thank you for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. Thank you.